When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even to a physical. Let's check your weight. Hop on the scale. Look at that. You're down a few pounds. Oh, yeah. Must be the new carbon fiber wheels. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. I'm going to prescribe 91 octane for your engine knock, and we'll want to see you again in 3,000 miles. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Well, hello there, everybody. Nice to see you. Ah, it's that time of uh, week. Another podcast. Another time to sit down and visit. And what a week. Thanksgiving week, my gosh. It's going to be a different one as you're hearing ad nauseum from everybody. Different kind of Thanksgiving this year. But hey, it's Thanksgiving nonetheless and... We'll all have a terrific time. My guest today, uh, I'm certainly thankful for. And, uh, well, happy to have uh, have with me uh, this week. It's you! Of course it's you. You knew it was you. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to you. Yes, down here in the basement, I can. Uh, they're having a socially distanced potluck upstairs. I can smell the the different foods and whatnot, and um, I asked them to not do it during this time, uh, knowing full well that I I, ha- I was visiting with you, and uh, they said, well, most people can only make it um, at this time, and so we're going to go ahead and do it, and if there's anything left over, you can enjoy that. If not, well, hey, and you know, there you go. So I'm, oh yeah, I can hear them up there stomping around, laughing, laughing at something. Oh boy, yep. I'm sure Chick said something amusing, and they're all just yucking it up. I can, oh boy, it smells good, but down here, uh, none of that. Uh, just a constant drip from a, a spigot over there, and yeah. Oh well, I'm here with you, and that's all that matters. Our sponsor this week uh, is a good one. I'd like to thank them for sponsoring uh, the that Josh Arnold podcast. This week's sponsor, a big. Healthy stretch. Oh, boy, doesn't that feel nice? You kick back in your recliner there, and, you know, maybe you're just kind of sitting around, and all of a sudden you're overcome with just a, ooh, a big stretch. And, uh, yeah, get those fluids back into your muscles. Recalibrate your system. Oh, boy, that's nice. Ooh. Then you you feel all uh, (laughs) relaxed and get back to, uh, well, sitting or lying Lying down or whatever you're doing. Have yourself a big stretch today, won't you? All right. (laughs) Thanksgiving is uh, one of my favorite holidays. And uh, one of my favorite things about this podcast is sharing new words with you. And today's word has to do, well, it it, it could absolutely be used at Thanksgiving. Uh, so what are we waiting for? Let's go ahead and pull right on into Vocabulary Station. Ah. Oh, look at all the people there at the depot waving. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. Today's word you uh, could absolutely use Thursday or whatever day you're getting together um, or not getting together. Whatever day you're going to eat your fill. The word is... Uh, Farctate, F-A-R-C-T-A-T-E, farctate. And it can be an adjective or a noun. The adjective uh, version means stuffed or filled. So boy, am I feeling farctate. I had so much turkey. (laughs) And the noun is just the state of, of being full. So, um... Yeah, I prefer the adjective just because I think it's more fun to go, boy, oh boy, look at that. He he sure uh, overdid it with the mashed potatoes. He must be feeling farctate. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird word. I think there's a, it's not very, it doesn't hit the ear too well. Farctate. Um, it sounds kind of dirty and childish. 
even though it, you know it, it, it's the definition is certainly innocent. Well, it's uh, not maybe if we're talking sins, maybe not so innocent. It, you know, gluttony is involved and whatnot, but but nonetheless, farctate. Go ahead and use that this Thanksgiving. Um, I'd like to get to uh, well. Before we talk a little bit more about Thanksgiving, I'd like to uh, get to what I enjoyed this past week with a segment we're going to call What I Enjoyed This Past Week. <laughs> I don't really have official... We, a vocabulary station is official. These other segments don't have... Uh, et, the, the, the names aren't etched in stone, but listen to this music. My gosh, if that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what will. Woo! This week it's a turkey, isn't it? A turkey? Kind of hopping down, uh, hopping down the lane there. Ready to, uh, <laughs> you know what? We're going to say this turkey is willing to make the sacrifice. He's happy. He's excited. He's, uh, in fact, as he's, he's walking down the trail there, he's plucking his own feathers, isn't he? He's plucking them, smiling at them, and just tossing them to the side. By the time he reaches your front porch, well, he'll be naked, ready to be popped into the oven. Well, you'll have to decapitate him first. We don't need to get into the grislier details of it. But anyway, what I enjoyed this week. I had no idea that song went on this long. <laughs> I guess it'll go as long as I speak about uh, whatever nonsense is happening. You know what I listened to this week that I really enjoyed? Um, and uh, I, I, I recommend it. A live album. I, I, I don't often listen to a lot of live albums, and I should. Um, I used to not like them. I used to go, oh, man, I just want the studio cuts. I just want to hear uh, the clean, polished cuts of the songs. But I've really grown over the years to love live albums, um, particularly when you've listened to the studio cuts over and over. You go, oh, man, what did they do differently in a live show? And and uh, you, you can really get a feel. Good live albums give you the feel of the ambiance of the concert and and, uh, man, you can just kind of picture the people. You try to picture the faces that go along with some of the cheering voices and everything. Well, this is an album by James McMurtry, who's, I guess he would be considered in that outlaw country kind of uh, genre, which uh, I, I I love. I love. And um, this was an album I had not heard. I'm late to the party on this. Uh, it's called Live in Aught 3, which I already, I mean, that title there, I just love the way he, he, he titled that. Um, and it came out in 2004, but, but as this title suggests, it was recorded in 2003 and it's uh, essentially a, uh, somewhat of a greatest hits, um, of James McMurtry's stuff. He's boy, uh, in the same vein, uh, um, as, Todd Snyder and, uh, you know, some of it's similar to Bob Schneider and some of it's a little old 97s. And uh, I may be naming people that you've never listened to before, but you should um, if you're interested. And uh, man, just just wonderful live cuts. I didn't research to, you know, to see if uh, because they fade out. Uh, each song uh, kind of fades out and then uh, the next song begins. So it's not like it's. um just a somebody hit record and uh, for the whole show, and then when the show was over, they hit stop. Um, so I don't know if these are all uh, recorded in the same place. They don't sound like they are. Um, the, the quality is consistent, but even the tone in his voice sounds different sometimes from song to song. Um, so I, I, I should have looked up to see you know exactly how he recorded it. But anyway, man, these songs are just wonderful. Some are real lively. Some are... Some are pretty heartbreaking. They're filled with some sly humor and just colorful character sketches. And uh, the P.S. de Resistance, as it were, um, would have to be a song that you might be familiar with, particularly if you are familiar with the sort of alt-country or uh, outlaw country scene. Uh, it's called... Choctaw, Choctaw Bingo, and it is this eight, nine-minute <laughs> epic romp about a family reunion, a fairly rural family reunion, that is uh, just, oh, 
just wonderfully quirky and um, funny and interesting. It's it's just it's simply terrific. And um, I, I think you're really going to enjoy. If you if you don't check out the album, at least check out the live version of Choctaw Bingo by James McMurtry, who happens to be the son of the great novelist Larry McMurtry, who wrote Lonesome Dove and The Last Picture Show in terms of endearment and many, uh, well, he wrote the screenplay based on the Annie Proulx story for uh, Brokeback Mountain. So he he comes from a a literary background, and you can really tell in his music. It's, It's wonderful stuff. I enjoyed it, and I hope you check it out, and I hope you enjoy it. James McMurtry, live in Aught 3. Give it a listen. The last few weeks I've been uh, talking about my professional career. And I last when we last left each other, I had just been bumped from the Bob and Tom show for my, my first appearance. Um, it, it was going to be the first time I was on, and, and they were having so much fun with other guests and, and, and themselves that... Well, they didn't have time to, to have the new guy in, and that's totally fine. Um, in fact, I, I mentioned this last week, and I'll, I'll I'll repeat it here. I didn't begrudge them at all. I, in fact, it 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 helped me out. Um, I was I didn't return for another six or ten months, whatever it was, and by then my material had gotten even, uh, that much stronger, and I was more I was that much more confident in my abilities as a stand up. So it was. Um, somewhat of a blessing to be bumped. It was, uh, sure, it was disappointing, but not, it wasn't a, it didn't end up being a bad thing. I certainly don't look at it and I don't remember it as a, a negative experience. Um, I've left some things out over the last few weeks in this, what I've been calling a brief history of mine. Um, but I will be getting to those at some point in, in our visits. You know, uh, things like how I uh, I worked at a fireworks stand when I was a teenager and how I was Foghorn Leghorn at Six Flags St. Louis for a couple years. And I worked at a movie theater for years in different capacities. And those things I just haven't gotten to while discussing my ultimate goals of getting in the entertainment business and uh, performing for a living in some capacity or another. I also talked about teaching in Korea, but I didn't talk really all that much about living in Korea and some of my favorite experiences there. And and these are all things that I will get to, and, and a lot of you have been asking about them. I will get them, uh, get to them as, as we continue our, our visits. But I wanted to focus uh, on some of the the main key elements that got me to where I am today, which is... The, uh, well, as I like to call myself, the, like, seventh most popular sidekick in America. Uh, (laughs) On the Bob and Tom Show, Monday through Friday. So, I was doing comedy not quite full-time, but pretty close when I first showed up at the Bob and Tom Studios. Um, And... uh, and like I said, that that first appearance didn't happen. So, uh, you know, I went on with uh, doing comedy while still having a, a day job at this small, uh, with Rolling Sporting Goods, this small warehouse I was running. And um, I would work during the week and do, uh, comp, uh, you know, open mics at night. And then on the weekends, more and more often, I was getting booked on road gigs to open it's a feature, which is just uh, doing 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes in front of the headliner at comedy clubs. And as my weekends began to get more and more, well, as my uh, as I started getting more and more road gigs, I started working less at uh, with for Rawlings. And over um, a fair amount of time, I ended up leaving R- Rawlings Sporting Goods and doing stand-up comedy full-time and I lost uh, my insurance and I wasn't making nearly as much money as I was but it was time to really go for it and I uh, had a lot of help from comedians like Greg Warren 
and Nikki Glazer and um, Tommy Jonigan and, and a bunch of others who liked what I was doing on stage enough to take me with them on the road. So a club would book them and they would say, hey, would it be okay if I brought along my own feature, uh, this guy Josh Arnold, who I think will do a, a decent job. And uh, that that helped me get booked. And then if the weekend went well, which luckily enough they usually uh, did, the managers and the bookers of the clubs would go, hey, you know what, I'd like to book you again. And uh, it doesn't have to be with who you were, you know, it doesn't have to be with Greg or Nicky or Tommy. I'll book you when um, we need you or when we'd like to have you back. So a lot of headliners, a lot of great comedians helped me get into some clubs. And then, um, you know, clubs I still work today and I love. And it's not an easy way to make money because there's not a, when you're a feature, there's not a lot of money to be had. Quite honestly, those first, um, oh, handful of years, if I, there were some tax returns I have that probably show I made 18 grand, um, for the whole year or 24 grand or something like that. It's not lucrative at first. And sometimes it's not lucrative ever, (laughs) but if you're good enough and you're lucky enough and you're nice enough to excel, uh, which it does take all those things. It takes talent, it takes luck and it takes kindness and personality um, to, to get work in comedy and uh you know it's not too hard to be all three of those well the talent is probably the hardest thing and the work ethic you have to have a good work ethic and now i feel like it's the ending of the jerk where i'm like i just need this one thing no no i need this it's so look there are a handful of things that go into being a successful comedian i'm not going to pretend to know all of them (laughs) but in my experience being funny being um Uh, professional uh, as in showing up on time uh, being where you're supposed to be uh, you know (laughs) dressing decently just basic things and being kind and you know having some luck on your side as well all things uh, required uh, to to excel in in comedy it seems to me and uh, the money boy if you're doing it for the money you're gonna it's that's a long chase it's probably not the right reasons to get into it. Of course, you can get rich doing comedy, but ugh, you, uh, you're not going to start off that way. That's for sure. So what ended up happening with me was I would feature and uh, for most of the year. And I would make, you know, $1,500 a month. And I, I had either small apartments that I could afford on my own or... Uh, I had roommates um, and uh, to help pay the bills and to share rent with and, and everything like that, which is fine because I'm on the road so much uh, that uh, well, it's kind of a waste to have your own place. And, uh, you know, my the main roommate I had when I was featuring a guy named Sean O'Brien is one of my best friends, and we had a blast living together. He's also a comedian. So, um, yeah, and so what would happen is I it was tough to make a living. So around springtime, well, the beginning of baseball season, I would go back to Rawlings on a uh, sort of consulting basis, and I would essentially work full-time for them for the summer months. So the summer months, which are kind of uh, slower months in comedy anyway, um, I mean, comedy clubs are open, of course. But uh, there's so much competition that comedy clubs really seem to thrive during the winter months. And so uh, the comedy gigs are, well, there are more of them and they're usually um, uh, better attended. You know, it varies, of course, but I guess what I'm saying is by not doing stand up in the summer, I wasn't missing too much. I was still staying in contact with uh, clubs and um, other comedians and my friends in comedy. But I was making money uh, and saving some money for those winter months of uh, making less money doing stand-up and kind of chasing the dream. Uh, 
So, as I would do road gigs, I would come. I would go through Indianapolis, and uh, where the Bob and Tom Studios are. And whenever I would work Indianapolis or Bloomington, Indiana, I would go into, or at least try to. Uh, you know, I, I would I would write the show. I would write um, the Booker of the Bob and Tom Show, and say, Hey, I'm going to be in town performing here or there. I'd love to come in and see you, see you all. And um, most of the time, it was great. Yeah, when can you come in? Let's do it. Sometimes it was, you know, we're, we've got a busy week. That, you know, I, I think that may have really only happened. I don't know if that happened. Uh, it does happen, but I, I'm trying to think. If it happened to me, it was maybe once where they went, you know, I, I don't think it'll, we've already got three guys coming in, that kind of thing. So... My first time actually on the air, um, I it was my second visit to the studio, and lo and behold, Greg Warren was going to be on that same morning. We were working different clubs, but I, th- I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. I-, I can go in. I've got one of my best friends, um, well, it, honestly, in and out of comedy uh, in the studio there and uh, for, for added support, and... Uh, this this could go well, and so they I, I showed up in the morning and they had uh, Greg in there already and they were having fun and then they brought me in and oh my gosh this was gonna be the first time I would get to do my jokes for the gang for Tom Bob Chick uh, Christy yeah they they were all yes that first time I was in they. We're all here. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm trying to think back. I think the second time I was in, Chick was out. But so, yeah, I came in and uh, Tom introduced me and he um, gave me. Well, so here's what you do when you're a comedian on the Bob and Tom show. You come in and you meet with Dean, the producer, and he kind of goes over the rules with you. Um you know, hey, don't say the F word. Uh, don't uh, disparage any, um, you know, potential sponsor. You know, just the obvious things. And you also, uh, he asked you for five topics that could lead into some of your best jokes. And so I, get, I had given my, turned in my five topics. And one of them was going to lead me into a quick joke uh, and Tom, that's what Tom did. He he introduced me, and then he said, "Hey, um, are you a single guy?" You know, it was something like that. And I said, "Yes, um, I've been single for a while." Uh, this past month was they had National Coming Out Day, and on that morning, uh, every National Coming Out Day, my dad will call me and say, "Well, I uh, it's a bit it's a bit of a dated joke now." <laughs> Because maybe fathers aren't as concerned with whether or not their their son is going to come out. Um, whatever, you know what I mean. It, it's it was uh, that was like ten years ago. So if it's dated, it's dated. If it's not, you know, it it, it was an okay joke. So, um, but when uh, when I did it, I said, yeah, you know, National Coming Out Day. That morning, my dad called me and said, and Bob goes. Well, he beat me to my punchline. And, and in my head, like within a split second, I went, oh, no. Like, I didn't know if that was good or bad. Because part of me was like, oh, is it that obvious a joke that the punchline could be said before I can get to it? Um, maybe kind of. But also, that's we got to remember, Bob is one of the quickest draws in the West. He's so fast. <laughs> and he's just so sharp comedically that, um, well, he, he, he beat me to it. And I said it just quick enough after he did. And the, the fact that he knew where I was going, everybody laughed. It was good. It, it, it didn't derail anything. And, uh, in fact, it probably helped it. And, um, so that first joke, I got it out. I got the laugh, and there you go. I was sort of off and running and um, had more and more appearances as my time on the road went on. Some good, uh, 
some moments very good and some not so good. And the only reason they were not so good is because whatever I was doing wasn't so good. Because what would happen is I, I became really concerned with getting the material out um, as opposed to being in the moment. And it's a fine balance when, you, when you're in this room as a comedian to go, okay, I want to I tell this joke. They want me to tell good jokes. They want to laugh. Um, everybody in this room loves great comedy. So, but <laughs> there's a fine line between just regurgitating your jokes and being in the moment with them. And I was fighting the, the times that I, I didn't think I was a particularly good guest were the times I were I was not I just wasn't in the moment. I didn't go with the flow. I was trying to shoehorn my jokes in. And they weren't as well received as they could have been if I had relaxed and just let them happen. And they weren't as well performed as they could have been because I wasn't relaxed. So uh for the most part my appearances uh were well received. And listeners were kind. Um, the you, you know the crew started to like me. You know they liked me, and uh, yeah, they became more and more. Well, whenever I, I would roll through the area, I would come in and see everybody, and then go get lunch with Chick and um, uh, folks. You know who work behind the scenes. Uh, my buddy and well producer of this podcast, Jason, and. Um, yeah, whoever else, and, and and Christy, and it was, it was great, and uh, eventually, well, the show uh, went through some changes. Bob retired, and um, Christy left for a little bit, and and I'll be honest with you, before you you uh, run to your keyboards to ask specific questions, I don't know anything, uh, and this is uh, the honest truth, anything about. Um, any of the reasoning behind, uh, any decisions, <laughs> uh, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I couldn't, I, you know, I don't know why Christy left for a little bit. I don't know why, um, I, I, I'm just, I, I just, I'm not, uh, privy to that information. And quite honestly, I don't care. None of that matters, um, to me. I know it might be interesting to hear about, but, um, uh, yeah, I just I, I I don't know. So 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 yes, the show looked different. It and sounded different. It was Tom Chick, Scott Potasnik, uh for a while, Charlie Arnold and um Pat um What is her line? Oh, Carlini. Yeah, of course, Pat Carlini. And uh, my apologies, Pat. I uh, enjoyed spending time with you. I, I'm just on my like fifth hour of speaking for the day. <laughs> so my brain's a little melty. But um, not that I think she's spending her time listening to this. I Well, um, hmm, this might be the first edit we make. So, <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I was uh, going to come in one. Uh, I was going to come in through Indianapolis one week. And I was hanging out with one of my best friends, and he goes, "You know what you should do? Um, why don't you email them and say and and say, tell them you would like to come in and be a guest host, uh, a more for a morning, uh, for the full four hours, and just see what they say." And I thought, "Ah, man, I'm not going to do that." I. I I love my relationship with the show and them, and I'm not going to presume that they would want me to do that and 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 everything. Now, what I'm telling you is all my perspective. This is all, um, yeah, this is all my side of things. So when Dave um, suggested this to me, <clears throat> I didn't. I don't know if they were already having guest hosts or not, and I don't know if they had decided that that was something they wanted to do. This was a novel idea to me. And finally he goes, you know, you really should. And I thought, all right, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. And uh, I'm just going to, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, yeah, I'll ask and see, see what comes back. 
So I emailed and I said, hey, I'd love to come in. But I had But and if you're interested, I'd love to come in and be a guest host all morning. And uh, um, with no, you know, I didn't have any delusions that it would lead to anything. I just thought it would be fun. And I kind of just wanted to see how I would do and if I would like it and stuff. like. It was. a, a Yeah, I, w- I was just interested in trying it. <laughs> and uh, I got an email back saying, sure, show up, uh, you know, at uh, 530 Eastern or whatever and uh, be ready to go from six to ten. And I oh, my gosh. All right. And so uh, the day came and I rolled in that morning and uh, sat in for all morning as a, a guest. Now, it was not um, I was never presented as a guest host. And I was never, uh, well, I was treated like I was just a guest there for four hours, which is totally fine. Um, I had, in my head, I was like, oh, I'll chime in more during news stories and I'll do this and that. But those things didn't really happen. So it was sort of being, like just being an extended guest, which was great. I mean, my gosh, being on the show for two minutes is amazing, uh, for four hours. Now, what I did learn is uh, how exhausting it is. You'd think, well, don't be ridiculous. You're sitting in a room with friends and you're having and you're laughing and talking for four hours. How exhausting is that? It is shockingly exhausting. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to explain. Your your brain is never off. Um, and uh, that goes for everybody in this room. No one is. Uh, now, granted, sometimes we'll, one of us will be caught not paying attention or whatever, <laughs> but those are short moments. And, uh, you're always, not only are you always, is your brain always alert? It's always, oh, sometimes on, some, it, it, it's, you're on the defensive a lot. You have to be prepared for anything to come at you. So, uh, it gets, it does wear you out. It does. And, uh, I learned that, that in just that, that, that one morning. So after that, um, first sort of guest host morning, then when I would come in, I would say, hey, I would just kind of add, hey, and if you'd like me to sit in all morning, I'd be happy to. And that's what started happening. Every time I came in, I would sit in uh, all morning and got more comfortable with everybody. Now, I had been listening to the show since I was, hell, 16 or something, so I already felt comfortable with them. Uh, or no, no, no. I shouldn't say that. I felt familiar with how the how the show sort of worked and how everybody's uh, brains sort of functioned and stuff like that. And so I got more comfortable be, being with them. And um, at the same time, uh, other people were uh, guest hosting. Um, or they were at least sitting in all morning as well. And a few months passed, and I was being asked to come in uh, more and more when I wasn't even going to be in the area. So I would be sitting at home in St. Louis, and I would get an email saying, hey, would you like to come in next week for a few days and guest host? And of course I would. Man, oh, man. So I would uh, drive from St. Louis, and and they would put me up in a hotel, and I would stay at the hotel and do the show, you know, Monday through Wednesday. And then a couple times that became Monday through Friday. And um, I <laughs> uh, was not working with Rawlings. I was only doing stand-up. And money was tight. But I was saving the little bit of money I had, I would keep for gas money to get back and, <laughs> and forth from, from St. Louis uh, to Indianapolis and stuff. And... Um, you know, and and I uh, would also. There were a couple times where Chick and I would go to lunch, and I would pay. And quite frankly, I didn't. I didn't have the money. I would just throw it on a credit card, and we would be we'd be getting uh, ninety dollar sushi lunches. But I was happy to do it. Like I'm not. Um, this is just. A, I'm. I'm not telling you this in any sort of braggadocious way or any anything like that. I, it's just that's that's how this was the state of where I was, all right? I didn't really have the money to be doing this, but I had the drive and I had the, the I wanted to be doing it. And I was going to do, you know what I mean? Um, I was going to do it no matter what it took. 
And one day after uh, a week of uh, four days, actually, it was four days of guest hosting. Tom pulled me aside and said, hey, I, I really enjoy what you're doing. I'm going to I'd like to pay you a little bit for this week. And I go, oh, please, no, no, you don't have to. And he, of course, being the generous man that he is, he, he said, hey, I'm going to pay you. A, a, um, my assistant will have a, a check for you. And uh, I'm like, OK, well, hey, look, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I thought it would be, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And I go out to my car to leave to drive back to St. Louis. And I open uh, the envelope and the check was much larger than a couple hundred dollars. And it was so generous that I uh, <laughs> I sat in the Bob and Tom Studios parking lot and I looked at the check and I burst into tears. And uh, I, I sat there for a few minutes crying at um, what a moment that was. I mean, the generosity that Tom showed me and uh, and it also like, whew, it it was a it really helped relieve my, my some financial th- things you know i i had a little bit of money and uh it was it look by most standards it wasn't a lot but to me it may as well have been a million dollars it um it it came at, at a perfect time and and there was also something about getting paid for what I was doing on the Bob and Tom show. Um, it had been my number one comedy goal to be a guest and now to be um, a, well, we'll call it a contractor, <laughs> a contracted employee for that week uh, was, oh boy. I mean, it was just a, uh, it was a mix of, uh, a, a, you know, a, now a dear friend, um, helping me out and showing his appreciation uh, and uh, the fruits of my labor all it, it was it was all these th- all these things combined and it really just it it really hit me and uh, yeah yeah I sat in my car there and, and uh, bawled for a little bit and uh it was a very happy it was a very happy cry and I uh, and then I hit the road went back to St. Louis um, that was a, a Friday. And then that Sunday I got a, an email saying, Hey, would you like to come back in this week? Can you come back in this week? And I thought, Oh man, I wonder if this is the beginning of something. So I let it be known to chick and to Dean. And, um, I think to, to Jason, um, that I, um, was interested if if uh, the show was looking for a fourth person in the room, I I would love to throw my hat in that in that ring. I'd love to be considered. And um, yes, so I, I just made it clear. And then, I, you know, I never, I don't think I ever said anything to Tom. I never pulled him aside and said, you know what, uh. You know what he did? You know what? There was one moment, and uh, I, I apologize for the hemming and hawing. It, I, I'm just trying to remember. I just want to remember things correctly. There was a moment uh, in, a, in the hallway um, where he said, so what, what would you like to do? And uh, he was talking about what I wanted to do for my career. And he goes, I know you love movies, and, you've been, and you, you do some screenwriting, and you've done some, a little bit of acting and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, I, I do. I love that stuff. And um, he goes, well, how about stand-up comedy? And I said, you know, I really, I love stand-up comedy, but if if it went away and I was doing something else that I loved, it would be okay. And he goes, well, what, do you, what, what would you like to do? And I said, you know what, Tom? I want to do what you're doing. <laughs> and I don't know if he remembers this conversation or not. And he just kind of nodded and walked away. But that was the closest I ever got to um, telling him I wanted a jo- I wanted him to hire me. Well, after a couple more, more weeks of uh, guest hosting, I was in St. Louis having lunch with a friend. And I see that Tom is calling me. And, he's, and he, he, you know, hey, Tom. And he goes, uh, hey, look, um, why don't 
you go ahead and uh, pack up your stuff and move to Indianapolis, and we'll give this a shot. And I said, uh, wow, um, okay, so Monday, you know, I'm, and he said, yeah, you, you know what, we'll get you movers, we'll get you out here, and we'll see how this goes. And I, <laughs> and I, I finally had to say, are you asking me to join the Bob and Tom show full time? And bless him, he never answered. He's, he just said, hey, we'll get you moved out here and uh, we'll find you a place. And, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see how this uh, see if this works out. <laughs> and I wanted to go, look, I'm not going anywhere until I get a full <laughs> until I, I mean, you're asking me to move, but I need to know that this is. <laughs> but I wasn't going to uh, press the issue. I said, yes, great. Let's make this happen. And it was around that time, um, it was just before that phone call, actually. The last time I was in India, I had had lunch with with Christy, and we we were just visiting his friends. We weren't really talking professionally. But I at one point, I did ask, as a friend, I said, hey, you know, what are you looking to do? And, uh, you know, do you, would you ever, you think you would ever go back? And, and before I could even really finish the sentence, she said, it's funny you should say that. And the next thing I knew, she didn't. Uh, she did not talk to me about any specifics or anything. We just kind of laughed, and um, I said, "You know what?" And I, and in fact, I may have even said something along the lines of, "Like, leave it at that." I, I, you know, whatever. And when I started, she was back. She was already back. She had started like the week before I, I actually came on full time, and uh, yeah. So that's how that happened. You know, one thing I didn't do, uh, because I wasn't sure if it was something, um, I just wasn't sure about this, was I never I never reached out to Bob to see how he felt about me um, joining the show. Now, I always, in my head and in my heart, I always knew that uh, not only was there never any replacing Bob... I didn't have any interest in replacing Bob. Um, first off, it's impossible. Second, um, why would I ever want to do that? He's still as much of uh, he's, he's still an integral part of the show. Um, his 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 spirit and his uh, I mean his soul is still very much ingrained in in this program, I believe, and. And so all I wanted to do was to come in and just do the best job I could do and offer what I could offer and be me. And and uh, I had no interest in trying to be him or, um, again, first off, that's, oh boy, what a ridiculous goal that would be. I mean, it would, it's just not um, possible. And, um, yeah, all I wanted to do was to be uh, to respectful to – and honor what he helped build. And um, that's still my goal, is to show, is to be to this show what it has been to so many. And um, yes, I, I, I work on it every day. Uh, some days I suck. Some days I'm pretty proud of. And one of the things I love about it is I'm still learning every day. And I think I'll... I think I'll learn how to do this for the rest of my life. I don't, I, I you know, I, I can look at Tom and I can, uh, it's easy for me to, to see a guy who is, has mastered it. He's, he has mastered morning radio. And at the same time, um, I, I can look at him and wonder, I wonder if he, I wonder what he learned, if he learned anything today. And you know what? That's something I'll, I'll eventually ask him, I think. Hey, are you still learning how to do this? And Because uh, I would be I, I would be really interested in his answer. And if I do, when I do talk to him about that, um, I'll let you know what he says. Because I think that's a really interesting question. Are you still learning? And I think that's an interesting question for anybody in any field, regardless of how long they've been doing it. Are you still learning how to do what you're doing? Because I think the day that you go, you know what? There's nothing left for me to learn here. Is probably the day you stop loving your 
loving what you're doing. And maybe it's time to move on. I, I, I think. I think. That's still one of the reasons I love stand-up. I, I, there are, half the time on stage, I feel like an imposter. What am I doing up here? I have no business trying to entertain these people. They're, they're spending their hard, hard-earned dollars on a night out, and I'm, I'm, it's, they have to listen to me? <laughs> but I think that's what keeps me, I like to think that's what keeps me getting better. And when and working hard, um, I think if I thought, well, yeah, these people are paying to see me, and uh, they should, they should, their money, I deserve their money, and uh, they, <laughs> I think you're not as good if if that's your men- mentality. And again, these are all my perspectives. I, 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 there's there are people who know far more about all of this than I do. There are people who have different perspectives than I do. And uh, they may hear this and go, boy, that guy just talks out of his ass. And, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, all I can share with you is how I, how I perceived um, how this went. And I, you know what? And ever since, I've never been told that there were – I've never been told that about the decision, decision process. I, I have uh, – it's been mentioned that, you know, Tom did ask, ask Chick his opinion and Dean his opinion and other people. I know that there was some – some uh, conf- conferring going on, you know, you know what I mean. But I did. I don't know the detail, the the specific details. I don't know who else may have been considered. I don't know those things, and I don't care to. It's it's not because they would uh, upset me or anything like that. I just I I just like um being being uh, thankful for where where I am now, and. I hope this has been an interesting, I guess now four podcasts. I uh, It's weird, believe it or not, for me to talk so much about myself. Um, it's an odd thing for somebody with a podcast to say, but it's, uh, <laughs> it is a little weird. Um, but I appreciate that initial question that started this. And I've, again, I didn't get to everything, but of course I didn't. And uh, I will, I will share more. Um, about everything that we've we've been talking about. And boy, oh boy, I just really am. I really am thankful. And I really do feel blessed not only to have this job, which is quite literally a, a dream come true job for me, but to have been able to do it this year. There are so many people who, who unfortunately didn't get to go to work this year or school or, or things. And I, and I, I hope that those folks are, are getting by okay and 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 not just okay but doing real doing well regardless of of whatever is happening and maybe you found new passions and maybe you found new hobbies um you know new things to study new things to learn and uh um i i, I hope that's the case but i i want you to know that i i don't take this for granted at all and i will continue to to work hard um and, and to and to do my best to get better at this uh, for you um you know for me for for my coworkers, and and for you that's that's the least i can do for being rewarded with with this kind of job um this is a good week to uh to think about things like that what what you are thankful for it may seem trite but i th- i think that's one of the reasons i love thanksgiving you you get together with loved ones um whether you're in the same room or not you can still share uh what you're thankful for with each other and you know that's the thing to work on this week isn't it we uh, every week we we have something on this podcast we, hey let's try to better ourselves and uh, I think that's what this week is. I think um, uh, the thing to work on this week. Yes. It's to be thankful and to um, to share what it is you're thankful for with people you love. I think that's a really, you know, it sounds a little silly to say because it, it's... Um, it's kind of vague and it's kind of schmaltzy, but it really, boy, oh boy, it really is something. And that's what Thanksgiving's all about, isn't it? You know, you, it's been said 
to death, but this has been a weird year for all of us. And like I said, I've been lucky and blessed to be able to go to work and 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 to go to work with people that I love and um, laugh with them and laugh with you. And I know not everybody's been as uh, as blessed, but you have been blessed with with something, and, and and you know it, and you know what it is, and celebrate it this week. And spend a little extra time reflecting on those things, and um, I, I know I will. Um, this is uh, this isn't this is going to be somewhat of a tough Thanksgiving in the in the in that uh, I won't be with my family, and and um, I don't I don't bring this up to uh, to sour our fun or to bring anybody down. I, I, okay, but uh, last year my dad died on Thanksgiving morning. And thankfully, in an odd way, you know, I say thankfully, um, it was Thanksgiving, and, and so everybody was together. We were all able to um, uh, be in the same room and uh, help each other, you know, comfort each other and help each other grieve. And and my dad made it very clear. Uh, he, he was sick, and he made it very clear um, for a couple weeks there that uh, we were not too to mourn him, that we were to celebrate him. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, easier said than done, but that's what we did. We, uh, oh, trust me, um, plenty of tears shed, but uh, just as many laughs were had uh, celebrating our father and uh, um, and our and our grandpa and our, uh, our father-in-law, you know, and... Um, so um this year will be uh the same. We we will uh not all be together, but we we will be able to um still celebrate and be in touch with each other and uh we'll we'll uh remember my dad on uh well on the, on the year anniversary of, of his death, but we won't look at it that way. We will, we'll look at it the way that he wanted us to, um, which is as a uh, a celebration of uh, of what's important and to us and what we're thankful for. And I really, really hope that you're all able to do the same thing. And I wish you all a very, very happy Thanksgiving. And real quick, um. I, I want to let you all know that I'm so thankful for all of you for taking the time to visit with me on these podcasts and for taking the time to write me and to uh, uh, follow, you know, something as simple and silly as following me on Instagram and, and sending me comments and things like that. And uh, for welcoming me, you know, to the Bob and Tom show when you did and and for continuing to welcome all of us into your cars and uh, homes and, and workplaces every morning. It, it, uh, it is not something that we take for granted. Uh, we're all very thankful for you. And uh, my gosh, um, we'll talk to you next week. But until then, happy, very, very, very happy Thanksgiving to you all.